Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organizations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Triggs. Well, Anthony and Mel, welcome to the Arate podcast. Uh, I'm up here in sunny Brisbane. You're down there in country Victoria. Great to uh, connect with you tonight to have a chat about this exciting new venture that you're uh, involved in. So perhaps just to begin with, why don't you uh, tell us and the listeners, you know, what are you up to professionally in terms of your your normal day jobs and uh, and this exciting new uh, venture you're getting involved in? Mel, go. Okay, I'll kick us off. We run a commercial construction company at the moment, Premier Building and Construction in Wodonga. Uh, we're licensed up and down the East Coast from Queensland through to Victoria. And that's our day job. I look after the finance and admin and Anthony looks after the construction side of the business. And how long has that business been going for? 13 years. Right, okay. And uh, were you guys together when you founded the business? No. <laughs> that was Anthony. Anthony was in the business. Uh, right. And then, and then we um, bought Mel into the business kicking and screaming. No, just right. joking. No, Mel came into the business as it started to grow. Oh, fair enough. I think I could do a whole series of podcasts about husbands and wives who choose to work together. It is, um, you know, it's not for the faint-hearted, is it? No, you have to be able to take some things with a big grain of salt. <laughs> it's interesting, actually. A lot of people say, oh, how does that go? You, you spend all day together at work and then uh, you've got to go home. Works really well for us. For us. Well, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, there are some uh, couples who make it a success for it and others who are, find it very difficult. Personally, you know, my own experience was of the more difficult variety but, uh, but anyway, uh, such is life. The lessons we learned. Okay, so 13 years ago, um, you started this um, um, construction business. And give us a sense of the, uh, you know, the scale of the business now. How many people do you employ and what kind of projects do you do uh, and so on? Okay, so we are a commercial builder based in uh, regional Victoria. We're actually on the border of New South Wales and Victoria in Albury-Wodonga. And we would probably be turning over 20 million at the moment. We do uh, projects. uh, We we try and make sure, even though we're licensed up and down the East Coast, that we stay regional. Um, Mm -hmm. Our expertise would be that we're a a regional builder. Uh, We venture in and out of cities every now and again, but we would prefer um, to not to. There you go. The, The business would be uh, a design and construct based commercial builder. We do some housing uh, for people who specifically want us to come and do a house for them, but that would be, it would be top end housing. Right. Um, so it's not our, that's not our mainstay. It, it's um, we build relationships with people. We're very big on, on relationships in our business. And out, generally out of those relationships, we, we uh, end up building a house for, for some of our commercial clients along the way somewhere, which is pretty cool. Uh, we enjoy that um, and we enjoy um, helping partner people through that process as well. But predominantly, we, 
undertake commercial work. So we, we do schools, healthcare, uh, we do retail, um, industrial, um, but we have our own in-house design team. So probably 60% of our work's open tender type work and 40% of it's where we're doing the design and construct work. All the partnering people on developments for themselves. Okay. And is it um, uh, almost all new build or you do some uh, sort of renovation type stuff as well? Yeah, all, all of it. So um, sometimes it's a brownfield site where we're doing a new build and sometimes it's an extension uh, mm -hmm. refurbishment. Uh, sometimes we're, we're building uh, right in the middle of active schools or, or active childcare facilities, as an example, and they have their own complexities, but um, you know, we, we get a buzz out of it. Okay, great. And so uh, uh, more recently, you've uh, been on an amazing holiday and it's uh, giving you some inspiration to try some new things. So uh, give us the backstory to that. Last year, pre-COVID, we took a gorgeous holiday for five and a half weeks over to the UK. And while we were over there, um, we, we started in London. We, we drove a car all the way up through Scotland. And we then went over to Ireland for a couple of weeks as well. Mm -hmm. On our journey, we stumbled across in York a... Um, we were at the hotel and we were meeting some friends and they said, oh, I've just experienced this drink. You've got to try. And so we had a cocktail and it was made of um, a gin product and it was amazing. And so when we came back to Australia, I was a little bit in love with this particular drink. So I just said to Anthony, I've got to Google that and see if I can get some product over here. Turns out the had not got to Australia yet. And right. so we offered that we could look after that for them. Uh -huh. So we're on a, we're on a journey to, right. um, with the essence of Harrogate to, to bring over their, their gin. Okay. And so I was having a look at their website earlier. So they're called Spirit of Harrogate. Mm. So is Essence of Harrogate one particular type of their gins? Or what's the, what's the name, the name difference, man? The, the name difference is just the Australian version of, of their spirit. So we chose Essence because obviously we couldn't have Spirit of Harrogate and we wanted to complement them and also look after the historical value that's embedded in the word Harrogate and the actual place Harrogate because it's based on an area in Yorkshire in, the, right. in England. Right, and so um, the essence is the name of your business, but that's not what's going to be on the bottle, correct? No, what's on the bottle is Slingsby. Right, okay, sure, okay, cool. And, um, and so uh, I do enjoy gin myself, and in fact, uh, uh, Michelle and I were over in Ireland uh, for about four and a half weeks at Christmas, and uh, we had a, quite a few gins, and um, uh, I love it when you go to the bar there and they serve it in sort of that brandy snifter, with uh, just um, you know a little bit of uh, tonic water, it's a, it's a completely sort of different experience to drinking it here. But what was it about this particular gin that you went, wow, like that's so different? Um, what really stood out for you? For me, I have never been a drink gin drinker. Right. And when I sat there with our friends and she said, "Here, I'll go and get you a drink," and 
this girl served me a gin cocktail. So it was rhubarb gin. Right. The rhubarb is grown locally in Harrogate. Um, the gin is made from the waters of the well in Harrogate. Mm-hmm. And the combination of the two was phenomenal. And I just went, this is my new drink. I do, I'm not a big drinker, but when right. I like something, I like it to be of quality. And that's what, you know, got me initially anyway. Fair enough. And what about for you, Anthony? Um, you were a gin drinker previously? I, I dabbled, uh, Richard, but I'm... I'm sold on it now. I, I right. quite enjoy a gin and in particular the, the differing Slingsby brands that are available um, are, are very nice. Right. And how, how does it go out on the website when you say to the lads, you know, it's Friday, let's knock off and but, uh, we're not going to have a few beers or a rum and coke today. We're going to have a, uh, a gin and tonic. Are they, are they into it? Uh, slowly, slowly wearing them down, mate. The, um, Surely there was there was a lot of uh, trade type talk around um, the type of person I thought I was turning into by drinking gin, and um, but the boys are coming around to it. We have a few of them that are now enjoying a gin and tonic of a Friday afternoon as well as a beer. So oh, there you go. We're, we're, we're breaking ground there. And so, um, uh, would you say that your inspiration to get involved in this business was? generated okay obviously one because you became passionate for the product but was it you know we've got this construction business we've been running it for 13 years time for a new challenge time to sort of grow ourselves you know professionally um, or or was it some you know excitement about starting something completely entrepreneurial or you know what was the, the business motivation because at the end of the day if you wanted to you could have just ordered the gin from the UK to have at home, couldn't you? Yep, absolutely we could have. Um, it, it would have proved an expensive way to grab a bottle of Slingsby, but we could have, could have <laughs> done that. Right, so the business is just to be a tax write-off for your gin. <laughs> for our habit, yeah. yeah. No, mate, no, not really. The, uh, but let's say that anyway. Uh, the For me... Um, and maybe maybe I can comment and Mel can comment if that's okay. But but for me, it was about tapping into um, doing something different. Uh, Mel's professionally, she's an accountant. Uh, I, I'm a builder, project manager. And um, so we know how to, to get things done and we know how to, to run a business. Um, we looked at this product and we thought, it's a fantastic product. What, what a great opportunity for us to share an experience we've had with other people rather than just get something out for our own needs. So for me, it was, it was dabbling in something, something else, something that, that I was um, personally invested and interested in, which is um, premium products and enjoying that luxury and, and being able to share that with other people. Uh, and you know maybe along the way we can make a buck out of it as well that that'd be okay too mm-hmm. uh, but to start with it was all about um, how we can investigate bringing what is a really quality product out to um, Australia and sharing that with other people and and in that being able to share our experience and so as part of your sort of business planning before you decided to to leap, leap in boots and all 
did you sort of investigate other people who'd done similar things and seek their advice and you know ask them what you know what are, are some of the challenges we should watch out for and so on did you do much market sort of due diligence or did you just sort of take the leap of faith no we did some due diligence some um, fortunately um, a mentor of mine has been involved in um, manufacture and distribution um, mainly in a, in a water business and and his business was was purchased by Asahi and um, their manager at the time went on to do some work with Asahi and so we, we reached out to these people and, and asked them what does this look like and what's your experience with it and um, you know what, what's the type of approach you would take to go down this track is it something that's completely volume based? Is it something that's um, more of an emotional boutique attraction, which is where we started with it? Well, what does it look like? So we've we've received some some good feedback and and really sound advice from people who've been there and done that. Um, and so that led us to to consider well, you know, fr from a return on investment piece. If, if this gets embraced properly and, and the product resonates throughout Australia, which we believe it will, um, it can probably turn a buck as well. So why not? Mm -hmm. mm. And what about from your side, Mel? I mean, is the accountant in the relationship uh, uh, generally a little bit more uh, risk adverse? Um, uh, was there much sort of uh, chat between the two of you about whether this is a great idea or you're on the same page from the get-go? Uh, I think Anthony, I'm quite lucky in that respect because he's very um, comprehensive and he's conservative in relation to risk. So I don't have a lot of battles there. Um, we tend to bounce off each other with business speak. So what mm. I'll be thinking about, he'll bounce something off and it's the old sleep on it rule. We, we don't make those decisions overnight. We, we mm. tend to have to keep coming back to the same thing over and over. And we did spend a couple of months going over different bits and pieces. We we outsourced the market research, obviously. We needed to make sure that this was something that we were both going to be fully supportive of mm -hmm. um, because we do work together 60 hours a week. We've got five kids between us and, um, <laughs> you know, why not start a business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, why not? You know, uh, there's plenty of time to sleep when you're dead, right? That's right. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, sitting here now, um, uh, well, it's uh, literally, it's the end of the financial year. Tomorrow is a new financial year. I can't believe, uh, you know, with everything that's happened at the beginning of this year, at the, at the same time, it seems like it's gone so fast and it's gone so incredibly slowly. Um, but, you know, new financial year, uh, what's the grand vision? You know, what if you uh, had a crystal ball and you could look sort of five years into the future, what are you hoping to achieve um, in relation to your Harrogate business? Uh, initial six months. So we'd love to have stock out here and for sale for Christmas. Right. That would be step one. Yeah. Next steps after that are um, five years. Maybe we, we just don't have Slingsby Gin. Maybe we've got Slingsby Vodka and, and something else as well. So... Uh, Spirit of Harrogate have got obviously ongoing uh, product investment. So mm -hmm. we're keen to um, look at those different options that we have. And um, yeah, we can go from there. Oh, okay. As I understand it, gin is just vodka with flavouring added. Is that correct? 
Oh, that's a very harsh way of describing it, Richard. Um, right. You can do better than that. Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd never realised that. And then uh, we were, again, we were in the UK and we uh, went into this guy who was brewing some gin in, uh, in uh, Ireland and uh, he was telling us he had a vodka and a gin and, uh, and told us that story and I was very surprised by that. And yeah, I mean, I note from uh, their website, they've got quite a number of uh, different um, uh, types of gin, including one, I can't see it in front of me right now, but it's something like uh, Sailor Strength or, uh, it sounds pretty lethal. Navy, Navy strength. strength. Navy Strength, right. It's actually a really great gin. Right, know? okay. It's, I think the name is a bit scary for, yeah. some, for some people because right. London Dry is your standard. So they have a London Dry, but the Navy Strength is a very smooth gin and it's actually a lot sweeter right. palate than what you would expect. You would expect okay. because it's strong, it's bitter, but it's not. It's quite fruity. Actually. Right. Oh, there you go. And I like the... Uh, the gin you have that you have cucumber with it. But then I had a gin a while ago, I think it was rated the best gin in Australia, I can't think of the name of it, and you had it with green capsicum, and I didn't enjoy that at all. Um, I'm not a green capsicum kind of guy. So is your gin, do you have to put a special kind of garnish in it, or is it just uh, good old lemon or lime? Depends on the flavour. Right. The rhubarb gin pop some pop a raspberry or two as a garnish on it and it's okay. amazing. It, it comes through the flavor very summer flavor gooseberry gin which is green mm. uh is lovely with green apple or grapes okay so different and then we have a marmalade gin which with a slice of orange really right flavor and is really lovely as well but you're not bringing all of these gins at once you just bring one is that correct or you bring you all the different flavors no, we'll probably be five, five over. Five, okay, right. We'll start with five flavours. We think the, the flavoured gin, although the London Dry and the Navy Strength are, are fantastic gins, we think the flavoured gins really resonate with Australia yeah. and the Australian public, um, in particular as a summer drink. The, the flavouring that you and Mel were talking about or, or the garnishes that you apply to the gins, we like to call them botanicals. Yeah. Well, there's different botanicals um, depending on your taste that you can have with these differing gins. You can also have uh, a Mediterranean tonic, an Indian tonic. You can try them with lemonade. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of different mixes that are available depending on what your taste is. Mm -hmm. Pretty good with soda water too. Exactly. And, yeah. and believe it or not, uh, ginger beer. Right. Okay. Elderflower. Yeah. Right. And so coming back to sort of the business side of it, um, from our conversations earlier, you're talking about one of the ways to enter the market is by sort of approaching gin clubs. Um, and so I'm not really, I hadn't heard about gin clubs before. So these are groups of gin aficionados who get together to, uh, you know, trial all these different gins and uh, make their tasting notes and so on, are they? Yeah, gin clubs can be anything from um, tasters to, to memberships. So people right. like to try different gins so that they might take a subscription and, and buy, a, a, say, six bottles of gin during okay. the year. Right. And the gin club would offer different types of gin. Like a wine club. Yeah. Right. So it's not that they don't actually get together for an event. It's more right. you subscribe online and, you know, uh, get your mixed dozen or whatever. Yeah. 
Uh, both. both. Yep. Right. They yep. might have events. There's events particular for gin, so Junipalooza, which I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, where's that? Sure. Uh, there's one in Melbourne, there's one in Sydney, but I'm not sure what will happen this year, whether they'll go ahead right. or not. Well, we're very excited. We found out today that Queensland's opening their borders. So uh, uh, I haven't caught up with the news, but if it means that domestic travel is back to open again, boy, things are going to spin around quick smart, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, and so, um, so the idea, you want to get some action happening by Christmas. So you, you get your gin here, you get it out through the gin clubs, you build sort of um, uh, a groundswell of, you know, uh, other people like you become devotees to the product and then, um, and then moving into uh, having it come out of licensed venues and then stage three is going into actual um, liquor retailers. Is that right? That's right. So we'd love to work with um, cocktail bars and, and high-end restaurants right. to them working um, with the product. Yeah. And, and then eventually we imagine the more brand awareness that happens out there, mm -hmm. filter out to the retailers then. Mm -hmm. okay. 100%. We, we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing by the brand. Yeah. Um, grow and build some brand awareness mm -hmm. and, and then hit the retail market. Right. And is that a sort of uh, strategy that's tried and tested and proven? You know, when you're talking, you mentioned your mentor earlier or talking to the actual guys at Harrogate, is this the way that they recommend, okay, you, you know, follow the bouncing ball, gin club, venues, retailer, that's how it's normally done or is it more your idea? Have you ever heard of you've got to slow down to speed up? Uh, no, but uh, I've heard, I, I, I understand the principle, sure. So that's the process. Right, okay. So is that a, a, a book or is that a, <laughs> just something like uh, make haste slowly? Yes, it's something like make haste slowly. So right. it's got to be a little bit strategic and again, complementing um, our business, their business, and the brand. Yeah, and just allow that to be a bit more organic than right. just pushing all the time. We're very invested in uh, what Slingsby and Spirit of Harrogate have done in the UK, and we want to ensure um, that as special as the brand is to them, it's it's the same to us, mm. and we want to complement that. We we don't want to bastardise it. We want to make sure that um, people in Australia get the opportunity to experience the Slingsby brand and the Slingsby drinks the same way we have. And we think the best way to do that is, is not with shock and awe and get it on every shelf that we can, mm. wherever we can get it, mm. but rather to introduce people to the fact that this is a, a luxurious premium quality drink mm -hmm. and, and, and let's enjoy it and get to know it for what it is. Mm -hmm. Well, I, uh, I run lots and lots of events and uh, if you'd like me to, uh, you know, get all of these C-suite executives and CEOs to uh, sample your wares, just let me know. Um, I mean, obviously you're attracted initially to the taste. You didn't know any of the backstory about Harrogate, but what, you know, you've mentioned a lot, you know, about the brand and about the brand story. And so what is it about their, you know, their brand that has really sort of captured your attention? So Harrogate in itself, um, the spirit of Harrogate has sort of 
re-emerged in the last, say, 10 to 15 years. But where it was based around is there's a well, the Tuit well in um, in Harrogate that was discovered in the year 1571 by a gentleman named William Slingsby. Right. And people came from miles around because the well and the water that comes from a natural spring has what they called medicinal qualities. Mm -hmm. So the gin is produced with that water and that is what is uh, just, that's what produces the amazing flavour. Right. It's not one of these places that people travel for hundreds of miles to bathe in the water to cure their ailments and then they make gin out of it? No. <laughs> I can't say that they didn't bathe because I think they did used to bathe right. and drink it for the same purposes. Back in I, the day. Back but, in the day, but, but not. But we, we siphon out of the world <laughs> to make a, a really good quality gin. No bathing. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm looking at, you look on the website, the two guys who are featured on there, they both look like they're having a good time. Uh, they both look like they're probably, you know, similar vintage to me, uh, around 50 or so. So uh, they're, they're the people that you're dealing with? We're dealing with mainly with the exporting manager at the minute. And okay. Okay. Um, and the sales manager as well. Sales, marketing, export people. Yep. Right. Um, and we've been been having discussions with them for probably 12 months. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we've really hit a good accord with them, haven't we? Where um, the reasons why we're wanting to bring it out and what we see in the product resonates with why the product was developed and the birthing of the product. And so there's a there's a real synergy between um, the spirit of Harrogate and its Australian cousin, the essence of Harrogate. So we're hoping that what we bring out and introduce to Australia is is the essence of Harrogate. Mm -hmm. And the, so do, do you think do you think um, you know you'll get this business up and running, and then you'll go, oh, Eureka! I've got another new idea. We're going to start to manufacture chocolate, or uh, or uh, get into the funeral business or something. Uh, do you think this is the first of many new ventures for you guys? Anthony hopes not. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope not, but I'm also my own worst enemy in that regard. Yeah. We're, we, we're already talking about um, this business being based around introducing people to luxury and premium products um, and and where we may have experienced those things and sharing that with other people. And there's a, there's a few other traveling experiences that we've had that we're, we're now starting to say, hey, why would we stop at gin? Why don't, why don't we bring um, an awareness to some of these other great brands that we've been exposed yeah. to uh, in our travels to, to people in Australia? So, I think we're uh, just making an excuse to travel more. Oh, fair enough. Well, why not, you know, uh, life is short, right? So instead of McDonald's saying, would you like fries with that? You'll say, uh, so with your gin, would you like a luxury yacht with that? Or, uh, <laughs> Something like that, mate. <laughs> um, you know, th there's plenty of, of premium brands out there. And, and in today's world, um, we should be treating ourselves and giving ourselves an opportunity to, to, to try something luxurious. It, it's, it, you know what? Um, we're not rich and famous. We're just, uh, regionally based builders that have done a bit of travel and been ex and been exposed to some good products mm -hmm. um, and so why can't everybody not only that the the spirit of Harrogate and the people there they're all a family based company they're, mm -hmm. they're just a big family and that's that's what we are we're just a big family as well and and so for us the 
the synergy between the two companies is is really important and that we keep that family feel mm. and so some of these other things that we're talking about which we've had discussions about same sort of thing they're just small companies they're trying to do the best they can and yeah. they've got fabulous products yeah just making that more available to more people for them yeah, yeah. it's a it's a it's a rabbit hole that once you start to go down and you start to think oh well you know um you know ladies like their you know boutique sort of uh bespoke handbags and then you get into pens and shoes and watches and gins and and before you know it uh uh it can become all consuming can't it so uh I think it's, uh, you know, with a, a healthy do dose of um, reality about, um, you know, do you really need to pay this massive premium for uh, uh, something? But certainly, you, you know, it's like anything. I think with champagne, I can definitely tell the difference between a French champagne and a $20 bottle of a sparkling Australian wine. But can I tell the difference between a $60 bottle of red and a... $500 bottle of red, probably not so much. So, uh, and uh, yes, I think you just have to pick what is best for your palate. And speaking of uh, palates, I'm really, uh, you know, I was uh, excited to see Mel that um, you have uh, uh, mayonnaise on your dim sims. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, heritage is Dutch. So. Right. Uh, mayonnaise is a big part of my life. <laughs> right. My my daughter, we go to a sushi train, and it's basically, I oh, can I have a dim sim to go with my mayonnaise? She, <laughs> she just could eat it by the bucket pool. So uh, and uh, and um, Anthony, you're a drummer. Yes. Right. In a past life. Okay. Yeah. How uh, did you play professionally or play in no. bands and so on? I did play in bands, um, in and out of different bands. Um, uh, my side of the family is quite musical. Right. Um, my my father's a guitarist, and my my brothers play guitar and bass guitar and multiple other um, instruments and sing. And um, I play the drums. So uh, you know the musical talent ended up elsewhere. But I but I, I had a bit of fun, mate. And I was in and out of a few bands, and it was it was all good. And I still like to have a hit every now and again. It's yeah. a great pastime. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same. I toured for a, a few years as an aspiring rock star and then came to a realisation that uh, it was time to go back home to mum and dad and go back to uni. So um, I have a study here full of very expensive uh, guitars and amps and so on. Um, and uh, I'm very sad that I haven't had the chance to play much during uh, the lockdown, but maybe... Uh, Next time I'm down your way, we can have a bit of a jam. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. Well, look, before we wrap it up, because I understand it's uh, getting to the evening, and if you've got five uh, kids there, no doubt wanting your attention, um, you know, is there anything that uh, you'd like to add or anything that I haven't asked about, you know, the um, Harrogate business and so on that you'd like to, you know, finish on? No, I think that's that's pretty wrapped it up, mate. We're... Um, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is is provide people with a luxury experience. Um, yeah, the the price tag of this gin might be top end, but but gee whiz, you know, I think we're at the stage now where we should be treating ourselves. 
Um, we've had we've had the lockdown. We've gone through the COVID piece. It's still floating around. It's not going to go away. Uh, it's very important that we live each day and that we do recognise that we should take time out, whether that's a couple of hours on a Sunday afternoon or, or we spend four weeks having an overseas holiday, whatever that is. Um, luxury is something that we should all be providing ourselves in today's day and age. And so um, our opportunity is is to bring something out that, that we hope people enjoy as much as we do. Yeah, we hope people will love it. And now it, my advice to people is... Um use the good china, you know, don't right. save it for a rainy day. So yeah. treat yourself and embrace every day. So that's what this is about. How we feel on holidays is, is so relaxed and you're in such a different headspace. Mm. Um, we're all so busy being busy. It's really lovely to be able to sit down and have a, a really special drink and just put yourself in a different headspace and, and, get that feeling that we right. all feel when we're on holidays taking a break. Yep, it's an opportunity to put some love into our lives, mate. <laughs> it sounds like with five kids and, you know, such a magnificent working and loving relationship with your wife, you've got plenty of love going on there, Anthony. <laughs> when, <laughs> you're, um, when you're in Ireland, did you go to the, uh, the Waterford Crystal um, Factory? Yes. How incredible is that? I, and, and did those beautiful gin glasses that they make. Oh, um, I could have spent uh, a lot of money there. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we were really surprised how interesting it was and um, just how, you know, how much work goes into making those glasses. So I imagine that, you know, a couple of beautiful Waterford crystal glasses to enjoy uh, um, your Harrogate gin out of would be, um, uh, would be the perfect ensemble. Mm. Absolutely. Indeed. All right, okay guys, well look, I really appreciate your time. Have a fantastic night and uh, good luck with uh, all things gin. Thanks very much, Richard. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Arate podcast with Richard Triggs. We frequently feature guests from organisations we are currently recruiting to build the company brand as an attraction strategy for candidates. If you would like to promote your organisation's brand as an employer of choice, please contact Richard directly on 0403 588 517 or via email richardt at arateexecutive.com.au. The Arate podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.